I got to a point, I think with lockdown, I think a lot of people felt this way. So a lot of creatives where they were like, I must create. I have this time. I must create. And I, I went through that and I was trying to write all the time. And I was just kept coming up against a block because I, you know, I just wasn't giving myself time to live, to write about what I was doing or how I was feeling because I was just so focused, like we said, on the destination, on the end goal. I need words on a piece of paper therefore I must write. Whereas the process, as I've now found, just does not work for me in that way. Hello, and welcome to The Art of Lost and Found, a podcast all about the process of creative recovery. From those low lows to the high highs, this podcast explores what it means to be a truly creative person and how creativity is a superpower that we all have that we can use for our own well-being and transformation. I'm your host, Brooke Esten. On today's podcast, we have Sophie Lloyd. She's a professionally trained dancer, yoga teacher, poet, creative writer, and so much more. Sophie and I met in a deeply intimate and intense retreat in Portugal a few years ago. The retreat was led by two incredible women who will both be featured on this podcast in the coming months. And it was a several day experience in the wild nature of Alentejo, Portugal. We did deep trauma healing and clearing work. We got into womb wisdom and even female sexuality. We were partnered for an incredibly intimate experience, and that fused a deep and lasting connection between Sophie and I. Our conversation covers Sophie's long history with being a dancer and how she learned to overcome the restrictive and limiting black and white, good and bad world of professional ballet, and how she moved deeper into her body through her yoga practice and eventually even became a yoga teacher. She also shares how she learned to channel her creative energy into writing, eventually leading her to become a published writer. And at the end of the podcast, she shares with us one of the poems that she wrote that was published. And now here is Sophie. So Sophie, welcome to The Art of Lost and Found. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. I feel so honored. So honored. Thank you. So I would love to start off by going back into the time when Sophie was just getting started in this world. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. All the way yeah. back to the beginning. Yeah. And, and what was, how did your creativity find its expression? And then were you in a supportive, encouraging environment and and how did it flourish or how was it kind of snuffed out a little bit? Hmm, that's a very good question. So I think my background is in dance. I trained as a dancer and ever since I was little, it was the most important thing in my life. Like I was there every day after school, like no question. And it, that was probably where I put most of my energy. And obviously dance as an art form is very creative and very expressive, but for me, it was quite militant in the sense that 
it was more more of a perfected art form I wasn't necessarily going to a studio and like expressing myself and feeling my emotions through movement it was ballet which is very you have to be in a certain place and your body has to look a certain way otherwise it's wrong so I think as well in juxtaposition it was obviously very creative to be dancing but I think an element of that the element of expression was taken away from me so I've viewed myself as a very creative person but it wasn't necessarily it was kind of jolted I think it was very much put into a box um so I think in that sense I always viewed myself as creative but never kind of really touched to the touched on the core of it but I always had a passion for words when I was a kid so I loved creative writing when I was small so I think that was probably more of the avenue I went down when it came to expressing my creativity so when when you started dancing like formally in in the area of ballet and and being sort of professionally trained what age were you more or less so I went I trained professionally for three years at the same time most people go to uni so that was from the ages of 18 to 21 mm-hmm. um but it would it was quite I mean it was quite strict up until then it wasn't it was never really fun it was well it was fun I enjoyed it that's not fair I can't like push that part of it away I did enjoy it but yeah it was always very like exams ever since I was a kid ballet exams tap exams modern exams and you like you'd be working to these things for a long time and then competition so it was always very like you have to be had to be focused so going to dance college was obviously a massive step up in terms of the fact that I was doing it every day from eight till eight but it wasn't something that I was completely unfamiliar with and how how about the people in your home life or in your sort of parental roles were Mm -hmm. they were they encouraging and supportive of this and if so Did they have a vision of like, this is valuable if Sophie becomes a professional dancer or was it more just kind of the, this is something that she loves and we're going to support her and we'll see what she does with it. Hmm. Um, My mum danced when she was younger. So I think she, and like, we're all very, um, a theatery family. Like my dad's a stage carpenter. My mum was a stage manager. My brother now works in sound in the theatre. So it was always around. And I think, um, I think they had, yeah, they had dreams of me being on the stage. My dad less so. My dad's very, a very practical man. And probably, I mean, he made it clear that he kind of not didn't see a future, but how difficult it would be for me to kind of follow that path and how it might be easier if I picked a different route. Um, But my mum, yeah, she loved, she loved watching me dance. And I'm trying to think now, like, I don't know how different my, like path would have been if I hadn't have been good at it like I think my mum was really proud of like the potential I had and the fact that I was good so it it was shiny and it was nice so I think that definitely allowed the support to drive as much as it did Mm -hmm. yeah so I'm really curious to unpack a little bit how 
it sounds like a lot of your relationship with creativity was about the performance aspect and about the skill building aspect. And I'm curious how you relate to your creativity within that context and whether or not you've you've explored even just in thought exercises what your creativity might look like if there was no outcome yeah I mean two very different things I think with the with the kind of looking for the destination and with the dancing and kind of having that end goal it was a lot about validation rather than about what I like it wasn't wasn't really for me it was about the view like this idea of me that had so much potential um and you miss so much in the present you really do and it's draining it's tiring because you never like expectation never gets fulfilled it looks a lot different when you get there and feels a lot different when you get there so maybe you do achieve a goal and you I don't know you win a competition um and it it kind of feels a little empty because you've worked so hard to get to that point and you've put so much emphasis on where you're going to be when you finish and what you're going to feel that when you get there it's like oh it feels really hollow um so that's where the kind of process and like learning to love the process is so important and maybe I haven't even got there yet maybe I there's I mean i I practice free writing quite a lot and I try and just kind of blurt things out and just see what happens. But then maybe I, I don't know that I can completely take the idea away that this is something that I want to give to the world. So I destroying it. I mean, I've never done that. I've never destroyed something that I've created. So that it's daunting, isn't it? It's like if a tree falls in a forest and it doesn't, does it make a sound? It's that whole like, but what if, what if I'm not heard or what if this is something that could be, mean something to someone and I'm just destroying it. It's maybe, maybe I should do that, but I'm always, like I said, looking at it afterwards with like, okay, what can I take from this that might be worthy of viewing? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that that's an important part of of evolving into having a creative lifestyle. But I feel that that is distinctly different than creating with the intention of this is going out into the world versus allowing yourself that space. And you look at it and you ask yourself the question, is there anything here that's worth putting out into the world? And if the answer is no, okay, try again tomorrow. Like that's my writing practice. And so in that process, you do get the therapeutic benefit. So in terms of your your creative writing practice, do you have a a structured practice that you use like morning pages or anything like that? Or do you just kind of allow it to flow through you? And when it comes, it comes. And when it doesn't, it doesn't. So I I have a journaling kind of structure. So I do journal every day. But when it comes to writing, I do just try and let it flow through me. My, my journal is quite separate to what I like would call my creative writing. Um, and yeah, just let it flow through. And sometimes, sometimes it doesn't come. It really doesn't come. And I think allowing it to not come is also a thing and that's okay. Um, 
I got to a point, I think with lockdown, I think a lot of people felt this way. So a lot of creatives where they were like, I must create. I have this time. I must create. And I, I went through that and I was trying to write all the time. And I was just kept coming up against a block because I, you know, I just wasn't giving myself time to live, to write about what I was doing or how I was feeling because I was just so focused, like we said, on the destination, on the end goal. I need words on a piece of paper therefore I must write. Whereas the process, as I've now found, just does not work for me in that way. I'm sure it does for some people, but nothing, yeah, nothing ever comes out of forcing myself to sit down with a pen and paper. Yeah, I would love to to go even a little bit deeper with you around what what kinds of practices do you have in your life, whether they're directly attached to this or whether it's like eating healthy or exercising or having active relations, intimate relationships? Like what are the the constants in your life that create that scaffolding for creativity to show up and, and play? Um, like what is what are your creative practices and do you think of them as creative practices or is it just part of what um, what you've created around your life to support your well-being? Mm, that's a good question. And no, I don't think them I don't I don't think them as creative practices, which is really interesting that you'd say. So I have a yoga practice which I do every morning. I get up and I will get back into my body um, and just feel what it's like to be Sophie for half an hour or whatever it is and then I will read I read a lot and um I spent a lot of time kind of trying to pick apart a lot of like self-help books and all these like professional um these growth books where you would kind of focus on your evolution um but now I'm literally so into fiction and just reading things that are just like very human experiences but um like really emotion like understanding emotional landscapes of all these characters that you're reading about so that's at the moment my practice of the morning um and then I'll get up and go to work um I try and go on a walk every day just to let the like the dust settle on the day to just kind of listen to a podcast or something and then eating healthy I try and focus on putting good things into my body but that's it but I've never really I guess that they they just feel like the framework for my day and they feel completely separate to what makes me creative or what allows my creativity to start flowing um but this is definitely something I want to bring. I'm actually moving down to, well, across to the coast. And I think that's definitely something that I really want to have in my flat is to be able to create a space where I've got a little desk that looks out the window and I can do my you know, practice every day and go for a lot, walk along the beach and really kind of home in on that, um, what I need to be, to open up a creative space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think... I think this is part of the restrictive and unfortunate cultural story that we have around creativity. Like it is, it only exists in this one way. And we don't always think about creativity 
or, or sort of the root of creativity, the verb to create, right? It's a, it's a verb. It's not a noun, but we've turned it into a noun, a creative, but only if you meet these qualifications, which require skills. But as we develop our creativity intentionally, it tends to merge into this place of, I need external validation in order to really call myself a creative. Mm-hmm. And, and money as well. Right. And that's, that's part of, that's a currency of validation. Everybody that I've spoken to about their creativity, not just with this podcast, but in, in my own journey, there's always some kind of imposter syndrome thing happening there. Like, this can't last forever. Like if they only knew and I'm not going to be able to do anything better, my best days are behind me. Like there's this, this pressure that is created that comes from that external validation, right? Whether that's applause and a performance or whether that's money or, or attention, like it's really, it's really limiting. So I'm curious also to hear how your creativity found its own expression during that time that you were trying to keep it really tightly conformed to this idea because it it comes out it comes out in all kinds of of ways so i'm curious to hear if there were any kind of um creative impulses or creative bursts that that came out of you or if you were keeping that inside of you, then I'm curious if there were any kind of self-destructive or self-sabotage things that started happening as a result of that blocked creativity, which ultimately is a feeling of, I can't be myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I was just thinking back to see if there was anything times where I could like label a creative outburst in my like dancing years but I don't think I don't think I can I think my humor is something that I have always kind of like I love making people laugh and I think perhaps I could call that it because it's I guess it's a form of creativity like using language to you know make people smile but in terms of everything else I think a lot of it was suppressed, a lot of it was pushed down. And I, my value became completely placed on how good I was performing. And little things like validation from teachers at college, I would like hold on to one good comment for a week and that would be my food. Like that's what I would, that's all I needed to get through. I'd be like, oh, but so-and-so said that I was good on Monday, so that's fine. And I was just completely putting this ideal of who I was on a pedestal without really actually checking in with how Sophie was and how my creative self was and how my soul was um and that came to a massive crash that was like so I finished college when I was 21 and then without the structure of harnessing me as a dancer I I didn't know what to do and I think I was auditioning for about a year and I was like I I feel empty and I I don't because I I'm not achieving as I was in this like educational setting um I felt lost and I didn't know who I was and I think it's been ever since then I mean I'm 27 now probably 
just trying to build myself back up again and using creativity as a way to do that um but yeah I don't I think creativity at its purest and at its finest um and at its most expressive has been a really recent thing for me and it still creeps in with the um like this is silly why am I doing this this is really silly what's the point because I have so much so many years of my life where it was that structural you need applause you need a validation um from outside and to shake that is really hard especially when the whole world is using the same currency and using the same structure to go against the grain is quite difficult I think Mm -hmm. how are you navigating that what does that process look like for you now I have been trying to give myself affirmations. Well, not I've been doing affirmations every morning and saying how this is all a bit ridiculous. Like this whole, it's just this, this structure of life that we're living in. It's all a bit silly, isn't it? And I like say this to myself, it's all a bit silly. Don't take it too seriously. So, so when I'm creating, I'm like, oh, why not? And it does feel like play. But then obviously I catch myself sometimes and I, oh, what am I doing? What am I doing? Why am I doing this? This is silly. And then it kind of goes between the two and it's very much in like in tune with my cycle and where I'm at with that and how, in how I show up for creativity. And sometimes I feel like what I'm doing, like there's no point in this. And I think, I think it's Elizabeth Gilbert. Have you read the book, Big Magic? Of course. Yeah. It's so good, so yeah. good. And I think she, I think it's Elizabeth that says how creativity is the most important yet least important thing on the planet because it's in the tangible world where we're like making money and living our lives and trying to stay alive. It's not necessary, but it's the food for the soul. And I keep tossing between the two where I'm like, this is so important. I need this to survive. And then maybe two weeks later I'm like I need to just survive physically and I kind of toss between the two and I think that's such a good explanation of it it is the most important but again it's play and it's not the most important Mm -hmm. yeah it's one of those things that we feel it when it's gone but we don't recognize Mm -hmm. what has been lost yes definitely the way that I see it manifesting in people is through anxiety and depression and, and even self self loathing when it's not present, when it's not present. Yeah. When the creativity has been suppressed and when it's been severed really from Mm -hmm. the identity. Mm -hmm. And when, like when I asked you to, if you'd be interested in doing this podcast and I sent you the, the link to make the the Calendly appointment. And I had those questions. The first question I asked is, how do you identify? Are you a creative person? Are you a not, you know, do you not identify with being a creative person? Mm-hmm. And it is kind of a jarring question for a lot of people because mm-hmm. we feel like, oh no, I can't claim that. I haven't earned the badge of being a creative person. Yeah, it's so true. And what you're saying about, 
like everyone has it everyone and like I have so many friends who would just not consider themselves as a creative that label feels like oh no not me me no um and I think it's yeah it's inside everyone and like finding that is such a journey in itself and can be so exciting it's because finding out how best you express is such a gift because it can help you in the most darkest of times. It can get you through dull days. It can kind of help you understand your inner landscape if you let it. And it's just kind of giving yourself time to dig and find what that might be or all the many things it could be. Yeah. And, and to place value on that mm. is the first step. Yes. Right. To understand, okay, this is worth my time. And the more you do it, the more you engage with it, similar to like a, a yogic lifestyle or even a yoga and asana practice, right? Like the more you engage in it and the more you're able to be present with it, the more you can connect to that kind of magical element that is present. Yeah. And it is magical. Like life can be magical if you allow it to be. It's all about opening that gaze from the tunnel vision that we've been taught to live through where success looks like this and uh, like a, a life well spent is a life with lots of money and a big house and whatever that looks like to kind of the general society and what we've been told. Um, there's so much stuff outside of it and it is magical. And it's it lies in the like tiniest of places when we're able to recognize those things, it just completely makes our life 10 times richer, a hundred times richer. And it's just so wonderful if we allow it to be. And a lot of people, I don't know if it's fear of kind of opening themselves up to that or fear that it might all just be a load of rubbish. And whoever's kind of telling us that creativity is important is just, you know, a lucky creative that got lucky once and they're exception, not the rule. They're an exception, not the rule. Um, so it's fear of letting go of what's tangible and what the general population believe to be true. Yeah. I think it's so interesting that we're exploring this in this particular moment when we're going through a massive disillusionment, right? As a society, because the things that we thought were safe and were solid Turns out not so much. <laughs> yeah, completely. Everything, the ground's just fallen from beneath us. So we're yeah. just like swimming around, not knowing what to do. Yeah. The whole but, world is reshaping. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if we, if we have the ability to create our own realities, then maybe that's the moment to fly. My hope for, for this time and for all the people that are suffering so much in this moment, my hope is that this is a catalytic moment that reawakens something that has been dormant, right? Because if, if we think about even just this time last year, so many people were feeling stuck and stagnant. So many people were asking themselves, is this it? Yeah. Like, this is my life? Really? The mm -hmm. whole thing? But there wasn't that catalyst for change it was like a dull ache rather than like a stabbing pain yeah and so I'm not surprised that the the universe sort of responded in a really profound way to say yeah we are in a moment of transportation or transformation it requires your participation 
completely we've all been completely shook up and I think it's kind of it's lowered the high fences and high walls that people put around themselves and realize that we're all in the same boat we're all very human and we're all experiencing we're all experiencing this together and there's something beautiful in that as well it's kind of put us all on the same level I think within reason obviously there's a lot of people that are experiencing a lot a lot of um, trials it's time and a lot of pain um but with something like covid it can get any of us like we can all have it so it's definitely a time to reevaluate what's important and what makes us happy and what's worth living a good life for mm-hmm. you mentioned earlier that when everything kind of came to a head and the the structures that you had in your uh, your university and school environments faded away and how that left you feeling really lost. Considering we're in a relatively similar situation now in terms of all of the structures that used to hold our lives together have seemingly kind of dissipated, how how are you feeling now? And how particularly in terms of how lost and overwhelmed you're feeling versus how clear and and aligned you might be feeling where do you feel like you're at now in terms of of being lost or feeling found which for me is synonymous with feeling like you're on your path and you're in alignment regardless of how far away the destination is Ooh, a good question um i feel I would say I feel very found. I feel, I feel a lot of it has to do with trust and surrendering um, and just kind of being open to signs that I'm getting along the way. Um, if, I've, if I ever feel really lost or anxious or like, oh my God, what is going on with my life? I tend to just be like, okay, it's fine like it's okay you're supposed to be here you're exactly where you need to be and I just try and just be open to all the things that the universe is showing me and I say that but there are some days where I might stay in that funk for like two days but considering like everything I feel good and I think I think definitely our time in Portugal has shown me a lot to do with that I feel like that was an absolute completely opened my heart up to what like love was and what creativity was and what holding my space was holding space for people was and what home was that I always think of that when I you know need direction and just that whole the whole feeling of just being safe in my body and just completely affirming that with myself like you're safe you're safe you're safe um and I'm fortunate enough that like I have a house and I have food and I don't have to worry about that. So I count myself lucky and just kind of just keep taking steps in what feels like the right direction at the moment. And I'm so grateful for that. I'm, I'm currently enrolled in a program that's led by a, a brilliant artist who focuses her work around emotional intelligence. Um, her name is Amber Ray and her program is called Creative Alchemy. And she does a lot of work around having a dialogue with the, all of these different essentially characters that make up who you are, 
she articulates that there's really two sides to these, each one of these voices. You have like, you have the critic on one side, but then you have the champion on the other side of that. Like, why is the critic so strong? It's because they're, you know, if you follow it deep enough, it's because they're trying to get you to express your best, right? But instead of listening to the critic, maybe that needs to be shifted so it comes from the champion, right? The coach, the, in, the one that inspires you, that supports you in moving to your greatness rather than the one that constantly reminds you you're not there, right? So it's about these using your creativity to explore your inner landscape so that you can do what, honestly, I'm watching you do in this conversation, which is dialogue with yourself and counterbalance the voice that was there previously. Like you're telling yourself, it's okay. You're on your path. You're not there. You know, it, you're moving in the right direction, even though you aren't there yet. It's okay. This is all kind of silly and ridiculous anyway. Like, don't take yourself so seriously. You're manufacturing this other identity within you to give yourself the support and the love and the encouragement that you need to thrive. It's my prediction and my hope that the creative space is going to open up more and be more inviting for people to participate without the same level of criticism and structure and right and wrong, black and white, good or bad. Completely. And with, with all the time that we've had to kind of look into that stuff, it is, there's no doubt that the space will kind of expand, like you said, which is so great. And whether that's because we've been forced to confront these things about us, to confront what we need to make a richer life, um, I think there's an aspect of that. But also because it just gives us joy and it's not necessarily something we need, but something we desire to be a part of our life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I would even argue that we need joy mm, because if we you, do. no, we do, we right? do. Cause if you, if your life is void of, of joy, then typically you move into depression and disconnection. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. And that is life-threatening. <laughs> yeah, no, completely. And I think we're realizing that now because the systems we've realized that the old systems just do not work. And there are too many people that are kind of feeling alone and lost. And like we were saying before about the important, it being the most important thing and the least important thing, we're starting to lean towards that important. Like it is important. It's necessary. It's what we need. Um, and I think everyone's starting to realize that now. And with social media platforms as well, there's a space where people can do that. And we're so connected that you can see someone doing something similar and expressing in a way that you feel comfortable to. So you can you can seek that out and you can find the communities and there are the programs. And I think a lot more value, rightly so, is being placed on creativity. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad about that. I'm Me so pleased. <laughs> <laughs> so just in that, in wrapping up here, I would love to ask you, what would you like to tell your younger self or tell other people on their, their journey around maybe what you wish you would have known or been able mm. to, to comprehend at that point? Mm, what a beautiful thought. Um, I just, I would want to say 
your voice, your expression, your creativity is worthy. It is entirely worthy. Um, and even if it's just for you, it is worthy. There is always, it needs to be, it needs to be let out of you. Otherwise it will create some storms inside of you and it's, it will help you and just to let it flow and without judgment and without shaming and without looking to it from a critical point of view saying this is not good enough just allowing it to happen and then seeing where it might flow and where it might take you and finding joy from it mm -hmm. and not taking it too seriously <laughs> of course <laughs> Of course. Of course. Is there anything else that you felt was um, important that you wanted to share or create space for? Um, and then also, where can people find you and follow your creative journey? Um, yeah, so you can find me on Instagram. I'm underscore Soph Lloyd, double L-O-Y-D. Um, and... Yeah, I mean, I could do a reading for you if you'd like. That would be beautiful. Yeah. I would love that. So this is a poem I wrote and it's called Friday. Is Friday all right? I'm all yours on Friday, he says to me. We're arranging our second date. Thursday would have been nicer. Thursday is closer. I keep telling myself that it could have stopped at the first, that the hours we spent laughing and mapping one another could have halted, could have been enough. Because I'm growing through gratitude and through limiting my gaze away from oceans, away from the horizons of the future. Being here and drowning in the glory of now, this is my work. I'm all yours on Friday. You're all mine. Those words stick to my heart like Velcro. Was that your intention? My soul and mine dance a waltz down rabbit warrens of imagination. Perhaps one day we will make love. Perhaps one day he will kiss me on the head as we sit across from one another at the breakfast table. With tired eyes, my bones dense with love for this moment, this man. Perhaps, perhaps, perhaps. Perhaps it's the quiet of these days that leave a space ready to be filled with the movie of us. Perhaps each dreamt milestone feeds my body enough dopamine to drive me to invent the next chapter. I must barricade the rivers at the source before their currents wash fantasies to my toes. I must let the water bubble up in its place of origin but flow no further. For the flow is damaging. It's built from the words of books and a tampered with ideal of love. One day the water will erode a path that exists within me and it will be strong because it is truth. It will have its own trail, but it will not fill the empty riverbeds of expectation. Those valleys will remain dry and empty and disappointed. So be mine on Friday and I will be yours but only on Friday, for I must choose to be mine every other second of every other day. Mm, that's beautiful. It gave me chills. Oh, thank yeah. you. Thank you for listening. Oh, thank you so much for sharing that. No worries, my pleasure. You truly, truly have a, have a gift with words. Thank you. That means a lot. Thank you so much. Yeah. Oh.
I am giving you a huge warm embrace. Oh my God, I can feel it. I can yes. feel it. Oh, and to hug people. Mm, oh, to hug people. Right soon. I'm coming for you. As soon as this, this panty is over, I'm coming for you. <laughs> the panty day. The panty day. <laughs> I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Mm. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being so present and authentic and open and vulnerable and yeah just sharing what this experience has been like for you with the hope that it's gonna offer support and inspiration and um and more of that kind of space holding for other people mm -hmm. that are are moving towards their creative visions too Mm, you're so welcome and thank you so much for holding such a safe space to discuss these things and uh yeah so valuable and I'm so grateful to have you in my life mm, me too thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the art of lost and found podcast I hope that you are feeling inspired and empowered to go forth and explore your curiosity and creativity as always, if you want any more information about any of our guests or the show notes or anything we discussed on today's episode, you can head over to www.brookeston.com slash podcast. Thank you so much and looking forward to seeing you in the next episode.